season turn 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 and the time to every purpose under heaven a time to be born a time to die a time to plant a time to reap a time to kill a time to heal a time to laugh a time to weep do everything turn 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 there is a season turn 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 and a time to a purpose under heaven a time to build up a time to break down a time to dance a time to mourn a time to cast away stones a time to gather stones together do everything turn 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 there is a and good morning everyone and welcome to all things sr podcast good morning leslie how are you today good morning pam and good morning everyone or good afternoon or good evening depending on where you are in the world i'm well i'm well today That's thank good. you That's i cannot good. believe we are um approaching mid-april mm-hmm. uh how did that happen i have no idea no idea whatsoever yeah yesterday was my son's 39th birthday I saw your post with the beautiful pictures. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. You're How worried, can he you're be worried 39 about being... when you're only 39, Pam? That's right. You know, it's a miracle there. <laughs> and We're talking about a lot of... Lady, uh... That black lab lady, that is Pete Seeger. My, uh, my former New York neighbor up the river. <laughs> anyway... And uh, I see Lori just asked if I'm in PA now, and I am. Yes, I am in Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg, at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last week I was in State College Mm -hmm. uh, at Penn State, which was always a good time. It's amazing to see the university growing and changing. Every time I go to campus, something different is there. I hear you. You know, where the school, the alma mater where Julie got her undergrad is just up the road from me. Right, right, St. Joe's. St. Joe's. And um, <clears throat> when I when I was uh, 18 and 19 and going to uh, St. Joe's to parties all the time, before <laughs> I switched to Penn. Anyway, um, the, the campus was nowhere near as big as it is today. I mean, I think they've taken up all kinds of, you know, all the way up City Line Avenue, uh, in different directions, across where the original Barnes Museum was, the house that Dr. Barnes had. They took over that property as well, and they're keeping the arboretum portion of the Barnes Foundation going while the museum itself moved down to Center City. Well, it's interesting you say about the arboretum, and I don't know if any of you have ever been to St. Joe's. It is a beautiful campus. I didn't realize it had expanded as much as it did, Pam. Oh my I God, wasn't tremendous. sure what the original footprint of the campus was, but it really is beautiful. And you can, it's funny when I, I toured it with my daughter who was considering St. Joe's at one mm-hmm. time, of course, this was after I read the Gabriel series. So, you know, my mind is like, oh, this is where Julia was uh, an undergrad. And, you know, mm-hmm. thinking of, oh, I love how SR wove the story in and it kind of had that feel of, of the place and uh, kind of relate to the story and, you know, how, mm-hmm. how she met Simon and, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just striking um how sr always seems to get it right i i I, there was one where he was uh, there's one spot where the old dorms um they had these this it was new at the time i think it was four stories high and for saint joe's who had these old uh stone houses from like the uh early 1900s they were absolutely beautiful with a thousand bedrooms in them. They look like mini mansions all along the campus. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and they but and then they tore a bunch of them out, put a new building in, they tore down a whole bunch of houses and stores on 
across from them and they put up this huge dorm. I mean, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, but anyway, that's St. Joe's today. Villanova's just as bad, too. Oh, I, I was on campus there as well, and it's it's it, amazing. There was tons of construction going on. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're trying to, you know, they're trying to have a great place for everyone, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. and they're trying to keep up with all the demands of academia mm-hmm. and uh, all the demands for their services, too. So, um, yeah. The uh, I, I, like the dorm that my cousin Johnny was in when he before he got kicked out for smoking pot. <laughs> it's now <laughs> it's now classrooms. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, to we funny. digress. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, and I see Anna just joined us. Hello, Anna. Good to see you today. And SR Fox. Betty, Ashley, Slack Lab Lady, and Lori. Um, I, I had uh, said, um, you know, I'm in Pennsylvania, but I, I wrote in the chat box, wishing I was with Gabriel and Julie in South Beach, though. <laughs> and uh, Betty said, we all want to be in Florida with Julie and Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the Flamingo joined them, too. Not too remember. bad. Paul is not in Florida, she oh, said. I know. Well, Paul only may- eight minutes in, and Betty has slides Paul. Paul he may, he may be chapter. convorting with uh, Elizabeth. <laughs> yes, maybe professor. having some coffee. You never know. Or tea. Or something. Anna, <laughs> Anna's running um, errands and listening this morning. Very so cool. glad you could do that, Anna. I, um, I remember I used to listen to Pam and Kez on the Florentine series podcast doing my morning errands uh, so many years ago and I never thought I would be one of the podcasters at some point it's it's so funny how that happened because Pam I think I saw you had an anniversary recently right in terms of podcasting actually today is the anniversary of podcasting it's today I know it's Florentine series yeah and it was all to the thanks of the Gabriel series that we had we came (laughs) Exactly. Mm-hmm. Betty and Perling, the, the, the OG the, podcasters. The goats. The goats. <laughs> That's right. Um, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Betty's saying, yes, with, with Elizabeth <laughs> and Paul. I need to know what's going on with those two. I ship them. <laughs> of course oh, you do. Gosh. So. And, and, uh, Betty's wishing you a happy anniversary well, and saying Willie must be happy. So. I hope so. I hope so. You know, yeah. He, uh, he does hold a place in my heart. <laughs> Most definitely. Most Not definitely. as much as Richard, but don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> Willie comes first, right? Of course. Of course. He wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting happy anniversary wishes from several of us yeah i I was i was i was thinking about that earlier this week and i was like you know it was on this such and such a day and i it was this because it was the same the same day as i was celebrating my 60th birthday a party at um a place in in town with some old friends from new york and some friends my my friend barbara who passed away her husband and we were all together at this restaurant. It was, uh, I think, I think that dinner cost me fifteen hundred dollars, but it was well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a party, Pam. It was, it was. Oh, uh, I love it. But it was good. It was good. I'm and, laughing. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just laughing because Betty said Willie holds a special place in her neck. <laughs> Well, as as long as he can make it dumb and not show that, that's just fine. <laughs> Willie can be discreet. Yes, he can be. It's true. In and out like a flash. <laughs> so, so anyway. we have a little bit of news mm-hmm. from SR this week. If you want to share uh, the latest, well, we you know. What we do know is that uh, tomorrow, SR is having a uh, chat on his Facebook page regarding the reading that he, the Lenten reading, surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. That'll be at 2 o'clock. 
on his Facebook page. And we do know that part three is coming out on August 12th. I can't and believe it. I know. I still, I still am stunned by the fact it's coming out in August. I thought I it would know. be out in June, actually. <laughs> you thought you thought it'd be out earlier. I thought it'd be out later. I was I was like waiting for. I, I felt like it was going to be another fall release. Maybe just because I associate the story so much as being in the winter and fall months. Yeah. And I'm so happy to say I'm seeing Monica in the chat box. Hey, Mon. What a treat. Good afternoon. How are things in Portugal? So, we, so glad you could join us. And uh, let's see, what else do we know that's going on in this? Our world since, yeah, we, we kind of missed him with our email this week. So and it was my fault. I got to him late, but I really thought I was going to catch him. Mm. So he's a sly fox, that man. He <laughs> that is person. a sly fox. So and... we will have Q and A probably later this week, or we'll include it next week if we can get some uh, some answers on that front. But I also know the Emerzooms had their second Emerzoom uh, last evening on uh, Friday at nine. I was actually planning to attend and then I had uh, some uh, some family visit that I wasn't expecting um, which is okay but then I couldn't watch it so I have to go back and look um, was anybody on the Amber Zoom yesterday Betty probably was I'm thinking Betty might have been uh, I know Fridays I, I like the fact that they do alternate it um, have a Friday uh, for those who can't make the the afternoon times on the weekend, um, so I, and Monica's saying sunny but cold still. Mm. How is everyone? We're doing fine, Monica. Mm -hmm. I think we're in the same kind of weather pattern as you. Oh yeah, I mean, one um, day it's in the, seventy in the, the northeast next... of the U.S. Anyway, one day it's um, seventy, the next day it's fifty. Mm -hmm. Going back and forth. So. And Betty was on the Ember Zoom last night, mm -hmm. and she said part three will be heartbreaking. Paul will need lots of love after Julia's wedding. Yes, he will. And defending Paul from Gabriel. Mm -hmm. So there will be comments on Facebook. Well, yeah, Monica was saying that was 2 a.m. for her, the Ember Zoom. Mm -hmm. I figured because you're, what, five hours, I think, at this point, five hours ahead of... East Coast time. Mm -hmm. So that makes for a late night. Yeah, it does. Um, but I also know with, uh, I, I, I do want to keep checking with an uh, SR world to see. Um, I'm still hopeful that the wine will be coming soon from Passion Flicks from and the, the coffee store and the coffee. <laughs> Monica, you're, you are so not getting old and tired. You are mm -hmm. funny. <laughs> So, Mom, when I, somebody asked me how old I was last week, I said, I'm too old to rock and roll, but too young to die. So there you go. <laughs> I would even argue the fact that you're not too old to rock and roll, Pam. Yeah. Jethro Tull <laughs> said it the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew it was, so, I couldn't remember who did the quote, but. Yeah, it was Jethro Tull. Yes. And Betty, in terms of Passion, Passion Flicks merchandise, is still waiting for the bunny. Well. We keep suggesting it. I know. I know. I'll send it to Allie. Exactly. I'm looking for a cod swallop. So the, the, the cod, cod swallop mug. <laughs> I know. I think I didn't. I actually didn't send that. I, I, I that's something I was going to email them because um, I think cod swallop mugs would be big sellers. <laughs> and yes, one um, I do still rock. Which, which, by the way, uh, Elena uh, asked this. Yes, I did start the program with Pete Seeger's Turn, Turn, Turn. Mm -hmm. And the I, reason why I chose that was because we go into a little bit of ecclesiasticism in this, this particular chapter. And also because Pete Seeger wrote the original uh, song out from the, the biblical verse. So just passing that along because I know the birds did it and a few other people have done it as well. 
So. I love the fact that it's woven into our podcast today mm -hmm. and the podcast theme. Um, it's, it's very challenging sometimes to try and get music that always connects, but you always seem to have a, a, find a way to do it. So I think it's really great. Um, Lori did not know that he wrote that song. Mm -hmm. um, and SR Fox noted it was also too late for her um, as well, Monica, because um, you're, if I recall, SR Fox, you're in the UK. Um, and she said, I'm even an hour behind you. So the Saturday Zooms for me are a perfect time just after dinner. Yep. And I think, you know, that's something we all challenge. We are always challenged with trying to find good times because mm -hmm. there's never going to be a time that works for everybody. Um, it's, it's always a little challenging for that. So, um, I'm glad that we can kind of alternate. Um, I think that was a good solution by the Amazon ladies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we are now, as, as I referenced earlier in the chat room, um, leaving Christmas time in Sealand's Grove and Gabriel's Promise. We're now at chapter 53 and now we have finished Christmas. Mm -hmm. We're in the first week of January, 2013 in South Beach, Florida. And as the chapter begins, uh, Gabriel and Julie are getting ready to go to the pool and Gabriel's cell phone rings. He looks at the screen and said to Julia that he has a FaceTime call with uh, Vitaly. So, I'm thinking he probably was surprised, but very eager to hear from Vitaly since he's ha asked him to do some research. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Betty, this does mean Happy New Year. I think they, they're having a Happy New Year if they're in South Beach, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so he kissed January, Julia yes. and uh, said that, and Julia said that she would meet him at the center pool and uh, Gabriel saying, why not just use the private pool on the balcony? And, you know, she was saying there are children and other mothers at the center pool and Claire might make a friend. So, uh, you know, Julia wants to socialize Claire. Uh, of course, Gabriel wants her to be right near her, him all the time. So I, I like the fact that Julia has that little bit of independence and was saying she's going down to the pool with all the kids. Um, and then he told him, he told Julia he would catch up with her after the call. So <coughs> one of the things I thought, but this is something I did not ask SR is, was Gabriel in a swimsuit taking the FaceTime call or was he? <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm envisioning him in his swim trunks uh, answering the phone, but I'm sure he had a, a shirt or a cover up on. Um, <laughs> Betty reminds us that technically speaking, Claire won't remember any friends she makes in Florida. This is true. And SR Fox, I'm sorry, I was incorrect in my recollection. She said she's not from the UK, but thanks for the compliment. English is my third language. I live somewhere on the European mainland. Ah, oh, I knew you were somewhere in that part of the world. I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad, but forgive me for remembering wrong. I think I was conflating you with one of our other podcast <laughs> participants um yeah and betty said "Ooh, that's a good question he probably had a polo shirt i'm thinking Possibly. that and Possibly. if any if any of you pick up any snoring rather than barking this morning walter's sitting right next to me and he's snoring at the moment so <laughs> oh. oh peaceful little puppy mm -hmm. that's sweet he's good good snore <laughs> so um when I was doing this reread and preparing for the chapter, I, you know, it's been a while since I read the book fully and I forgot that this is when this particular uh, connection happened. So it was kind of fun. I was excited to start reading it because I was like, oh, this is where they get another piece of the puzzle to what mm -hmm. happened. Um, so Gabriel greeted Massimo as he answered the call and sitting next to, uh, Vitaly on the call was a dark-haired woman wearing a very smart red suit. And Dr. Vitaly introduced her as Dr. Ressa Judith Alpenberg. 
our one and only Judith Stein, Lady J. Mm-hmm. That was a nod to her, um, which I thought was really lovely. Um, she is at SR Fans Sweden mm-hmm. uh, and does lots of wonderful things for the community. She does. And uh, is just a sweet soul um, and a beautiful artist. Shout out to Judith, Betty Absolutely. said. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> Betty said, question, does Gabriel wear a regular swimsuit or a Speedo? And she said, I think he would wear a regular swimsuit, unlike Sugar. <laughs> Speedos are just a no. And SR Fox goes, no, 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 Speedos. I have horrible nightmares from them as a child. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think the only time I could imagine Gabriel in a Speedo is if he was seriously doing, like, laps in a pool. Um no, just by himself. I don't see him ever. That's just not his vibe. Um, and I know coming, uh, bringing it to the screen, uh, if you think to uh, the films in Belize, he was wearing swim trunks. Yes. So a regular well, I, swimsuit, I think, is Gabriel's speed. I think uh, so, too. And I, my, I, had, uh, I have nightmares of uh, Speedos as well, as our box. <laughs> It's funny. I don't mind them because I actually had, uh, when I was in high school, I was a manager and timer. I was did a lot of timing. I was a timekeeper for the swim team. So oh, I kind always, of got immune to them. Like, but, yeah, because that's part of that world. Um, but unless you're, unless you're practicing, because my, my husband, my late husband was a swimmer, college swimmer. And when they would practice, they would usually go naked. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's something. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's funny because Betty Betty went right there. She said, when Gabriel's alone, he likes to go al natural. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my, uh, night, my nightmares of Speedos happen to be from around the pool in Spain with a bunch of German tourists. Uh, oh, Nothing my gosh. against the Germans, but yeah. <laughs> well, um, I want to say I see Brenda and Ashley just uh, joined. I know Ashley was on earlier and she rejoined. So uh, good morning, good morning. Uh, friends. Glad you could join us. We are in South Beach and Gabriel is talking to Vitali and Dottoressa Judith <laughs> Alpenberg. And I think I mispronounced. I think I had the wrong Alpenberg. accent. Yes, uh, I was I was saying that my uh, pronunciation of the Italian for doctor, I think I just butchered. So apologies. Dottoressa. So is is the third syllable. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, Judith, had recently joined them from Stockholm um, and was an expert on religious objects at the Palazzo Pitti, um, which is very, uh, you know, prestigious. And uh Brenda's in Atlanta this morning joining us. Are you? Well, are hello. You, did you go? Are you there for the uh, filming of? Was it Torn? I think that's coming up. Oh, Brenda. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is always a good idea. I have my actually one of my colleagues is in Atlanta right now. What a great city! Lots of fun things to do. Um, Sr. Fox said, "I did international competitions here in Europe as a swimmer." <laughs> that's where the nightmares come from. I don't oh, blame gosh. you one bit. <laughs> I can only imagine. Wow. Wow. Amazing, though. What an experience. Um, and Black Lab Lady saying, Pam, I think you just rolled over to a book, too. <laughs> and Brenda, yes, Brenda confirmed she had an amazing experience at the Torn set visit. So that's awesome. Um, for those of you who may not be familiar, Passion Flicks is um, in the second, Torn is a second of a three part series. Um, by Jennifer Armentrout, I believe. I could be wrong on the art, uh, the author. And Brenda went to have a set visit, um, which is really, really cool. I'm so glad, Brenda. That's that's wonderful. Um, I I I hope you have a wonderful rest of your time there as well. Um, Anna's noting that her late husband was a swimmer, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a diver, and had speedos, lots of them. <laughs> so. Yeah, if, if that's if, if if that's your sport, that is that mm-hmm. is one of your uniforms more or less. So wonderful. 
Yeah, so, but a, uh, a German tourist with the beer belly hanging over the speedo just doesn't <laughs> doesn't do it for me. It ruins your vibe. Yeah. 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 There were there were a lot there were there were lots of interesting uh, speedos and suits when I was studying abroad. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. And as as many as there are in uh, the the U.S. because there are some some wacky suits on uh, this side of the pond as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're on the phone call. They're on the FaceTime. Um, I know Gabriel's very excited now that there is a an expert on the phone who specializes in religious objects. They greeted each other, and she asked him to call her Judith. With a Swedish-accented Italian, she said that she had examined the memento mori, and it was a very exciting find. Um, Gabriel thanked her and asked if she could tell him a bit more about the piece. And um, <laughs> Black Lab Lady said, good God, Pam, that wasn't a picture. <laughs> that was a picture I just didn't need. <laughs> oh, that's great. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> so Judith uh, continued on saying, they tested the material, and without damaging the piece, uh, they were being very careful, but they discovered it was made of elephant ivory, and she placed the date at about 1530. She pointed out an inscription in Latin on the piece, O mors quam est memoria tua, which translates to, O death, how bitter is your memory. And she noted it is in the, the Vulgate or Vulgate. I'm not sure the correct pronunciation of that. And she asked if he recognized this line. And he said he did not. Um, oh, hello, Floor. And hey, hello, Dali. Dalila. Dalila. I d- d- Good to see all of you. Um, so Gabriel is learning about this uh religious object that he found in his uh, his bedroom after the break-in. And the line, O oh death, how bitter is your memory, or O mors quamus memoria tua, is the first line of Ecclesiasticus 41. It was written along the collarbone of the head. Um, Gabriel had not recognized this, but thought to himself he would look up uh, the reference later. Hmm. So Judith, God bless Lady J, told him that there was a similar item in the Victoria and the Albert Museum in, in London. It was a high quality carving that even included details like worms and toads. And if you can imagine, those beads are really small because the, the type of work that had to go into that in the 1530s had to be incredible. <clears throat> oh, I know. And. She said that she believed it was vertically pierced and that would have been part of a chaplet or rosary beads or or prayer beads. Uh, And there was a maker's mark on the bottom and not not your maker's mark. (laughs) Not the kind I could drink? No. No. Okay. So she went through the items at the Palazzo Pitti and she didn't see the, the mark. But then she went over to the Palazzo Medici Riccardi, who lives, who, I guess who lives there. Okay. <laughs> uh, she found something interesting and she sh- uh, showed a photo of, of a, a set of beads and uh, that had belonged to a chaplet, uh, a chaplet belonging to Alessandro de Medici. And he was the Duke of Florence from 1532 to 1537. Alessandro was thought to be of African heritage, and that would have made him the first African head of state in the modern West. Uh, The chaplet was in his possession when he had passed away. It then became part of the museum's collection, but she pointed out in the picture that the head was missing. And when she was with the archivist, he he was unable to find a record of the missing bead. He did, however, point her into the direction of um, a letter written by Tadia Malaspina, Alessandra's mistress, and she mentioned a bead had gone missing. Judith and Massimo were now giddy, and Gabriel pulled his phone closer so he could look at the chaplet, photo of of the chaplet. 
asking, how did they know it was the missing piece? And I'm telling you, I, okay, always, right? This is one of the reasons why we love SR's writing. Mm -hmm. You learn things from um, reading this. And I was fascinated by the character of Alessandro de Medici, mm-hmm. the Duke of Florence. And I think he was the first Duke of Florence, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he was. Um, we actually, I looked him up a little bit, um, and I'm going to put, there was actually a frontline show on PBS regarding him. Mm-hmm. And you just the backstory of this uh, historical figure um, was just fascinating. Um, despite many portraits um, from the 16th century Italian, his African heritage was rarely mentioned, um, which I found very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and he was a patron of some of the leading artists of the era and is one of the two Medici princes whose remains are buried in the famous tomb by Michelangelo. Um, and as Pam noted, he is, uh, it's, he's deemed to be the first black head of state in the modern Western world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's fascinating to me. If I'm going to put the link in uh, so you guys can read it. But, I mean, this, talk about having, mm. this could, truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was born to a black-serving woman in the Medici household um, who, and believed to have been fathered by the 17-year-old Cardinal Giulio de Medici, who later became a pope, Pope Clement VII. Mm-hmm. It's crazy stuff. Oh, that, that, that time period with popes and children were, were very crazy. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it just is such a... Uh, uh, saga. So I'm, I'm going to put this link in. I just um, definitely worth uh, worth reading. And I just, you know, I thought it was an interesting nod that SR um, included this historical figure. There's so much more. There is, um, and you know, you um, you look. They've got like a family tree. Yeah. In that particular link, and it starts with uh, Giulio de Medici, Alessandro's son. And it goes all, that was in the 1500s, and it goes all the way down to Rosemary, Princess of Salam Salam, mar- uh, married in 1926 to Herbert Salvatore von Habsburg, the Duke, Archduke of Austria. So we're going from the 15th century to the 20th century for this family tree, which I found fascinating. Uh, ex- exactly. So, it, uh, so anyway, the 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 chaplet has the same maker's mark as the bead, and the carvings and design are identical to those on you know on the beads on the bead, and we're repeating. So Gabriel asked if Alessandro had been murdered, and Dr. Vitali said yes, he'd been assassinated by his cousin Lorenzino. Another just fascinating truth is stranger than fiction piece of this. And, uh-huh. and um, Buddy was saying the Duke of Florence, not to be confused with the Duke of Hastings, <laughs> like in Bridgerton. No. Um, Betty also, or Flora then noted, she loves that we get educated in SR's books. It's like an added bonus. Absolutely. And Black Lab Lady said, love these history lessons. Fascinating. It really is. It is. It really is. You get you, so, it, it's it, it's all down to SR's research and what he's doing with his stories. Exactly, <laughs> it's fascinating. So, um, well, now, you know, now well now that we know that the bead matches the director of of the uh, Plaza Ricardi, um, you know, Gabriel was like a little distracted and asked why Alessandro was assassinated. He said there were several theories, but Massimo thought that his cousin Lorenzino did it out of revenge. So he, he apparently he had uh, tried to have a, have him assassinated by Filippo Strozzi, and Strozzi talked to Lorenzino into it. So Gabriel asked if there was anything else, and, and Judas was like, Jude, uh, no, no, and she's looking at Massimo, hoping that he could help them. All that Gabriel could tell them was that the bead had been found on his property. He had contacted Interpol through a friend, 
our friend Nicholas. Right. But the bead was not listed as being right. stolen or lost or anything. So Dottor Vitali said that they could make quiet inquiries, which Gabriel really, you know, yeah, he was quite appreciative of that. And since he was not sure of the rightful owner, uh, Judith was disappointed because she, but she didn't show it because I think she was kind of hoping that he would donate that to the Palazzo Riccardi so that it could be reconnected with the chaplain. And uh, she. And I, I agree. I mean, without having that confirmation of the current history and the current rightful owner, mm -hmm. I think she was reluctant to try and pursue that or even ask him about mm -hmm. it. So, you know, she thanked, the, he thanked Dr. Vitali and Judith and uh, the, the research that they had done. And she also thanked him and mentioned that she'd hoped one day could be reunited with the rest of the chaplet. Um, and Massimo remembered to ask about, Jul be remembered to Julianne. And he said that he would, and he signed off a FaceTime. So he, he then pulled out his laptop and pulled up an online edition of the Latin Vulgate. And he pulled it up to look at the book of Ecclesiasticus, commonly known as the book of Sirach. He found the verse from the Memento Mori. And it says, the, the English translation is, Oh death, how bitter it is. Remember you for some someone peacefully living with his possessions. For someone with no worries and everything going well. And who can still enjoy his food. And we're going to put the link to that section in the chat for you. And yeah, it's funny because when I was reading through this and looking through this and I started thinking a little bit of William too, and I sent a, a message over to SR and he hasn't, he hasn't responded to it yet. But when you think about it, William is in that same position, William York. Right. Because, you know, he's not dead, but he's not living. He's, he's somewhere in between. between, you know, and there's just, I just felt that there was a lot of similarities for that. Anyway, so Gabriel rubs his face and recalled the purpose of the memento mori was to call to one's own mortality. Mm -hmm. But the scripture contrasted bitterness of mortality with the peaceful life of a prosperous man. It also reminded him of a reference in Dante in the first canto that he read. Tante e mora che poco di e più morte, ma pietratura del ben Jaya Travi, Duro, and, I, and I'm screwing this up badly, I know. Duro di la altre cose che vohiscute. So bitter it is, death is a little more, but the good to treat, which were found, speak well I, of, of the other things I saw there. So he's now like leaning back in his chair, and you know, and I'm sure he's like rubbing his head. And he says Dante was referring to the dark wood when he'd entered midway through his life. But the scripture was a caution to those living in prosperity. Gabriel knew he was among them. Coupled with the symbolism of the scripture, there was a provenance of the peace of the object itself. He had belonged to a man killed for revenge. So Gabriel wondered if this was a message, if this was a warning, or he was being targeted by for revenge, but why? I mean, there's a lot to unpack in this chapter, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think weaving in the fact that this bead um, was associated with uh, this De Medici, mm -hmm. and I, I feel like I, I feel like SR did a really good job of. As, as the history was being unpacked, kind of laying out little bits of, of reasoning as to what possibly could be behind a motivation behind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, whoever left the speed for him, if it indeed was left as a message, which I think Gabriel pretty much feels like it was a, a message. I, I don't think he felt like this was left in haste. Um, and I think having the 
having the history of the bead and then getting closer into the backstory of this these verses mm -hmm. um you know as he did more research on his own i think that is really kind of disconcerting to him and also i i thought it was interesting that um i did like the reference to judith wanting to you know being very constrained in terms of not just outright asking to have the you know have the bead donated to her mm -hmm. museum at the Palazzo Pitti. Um, I think that also shows, you know, that world, you know, the world of the, the academic and the world of the museum. And sometimes mm -hmm. you have such a treasure and it's almost in your grasp and you can't get to it. It's like, yeah, uh, it's like you're salivating for it, but you have to stand back and, and be careful of it. Yeah, because I, I think, I mean, Gabriel definitely um, would consider having it reunited. I think he's, uh, you know, as someone who understands the importance of history, I think he would not be opposed to that idea. But I think right now this is, you know, a piece of the crime scene mm -hmm. um, and he wants to get more info. And I think um, having uh, Massimo say, well, we're going to do some quiet, you know, kind of below the radar investigating and, and asking around, you know, I think makes for a really, um, you know, kind of doing these back channels mm -hmm. to, to see if they can find anything else. I think it's that's comforting for him to know. Um, I'm laughing, but he's saying, uh, well, it's better than waking up with a horse's head in the bed like in The Godfather. Well, that's very true. Not as messy, Betty. Not as messy. Even though he stepped on it. <laughs> and it hurt his foot. Yeah. Lori said, definitely, Betty. Um, but, and a lot you know, less messy. <laughs> it's a lot less messy. You, you, need, you need an awful lot of hydrogen peroxide to get all the blood out of those sheets. <laughs> oh, and it's the three-quarter time show. It is. It is. But we're not, we're out of Christmas now. We're in January 7th. Yeah, it's always Christmas. There, Somewhere in the world. Keep, keep, keep it in your heart, right? That's right. That's exactly it. So, but, uh, I think having the, I think having the verse, um, just kind of reinforced it. And I thought it was interesting too, the way Gabriel's minds works, right? So the Dante specialist immediately can pull and have a, find an, find a connection to Dante. And I actually was wondering when I read this too, I thought, I wonder if this would inspire him to do something for the Sage lectures around this topic. Um, Betty's saying Maximo, wants to help Gabriel, but I wonder how helpful he will be if Willie intervenes. Well, you know, Willie has the magic powers. I know. I think Willie can make things happen. He certainly can. And, uh, you know, at this point, you know, at this point in the story to, at the Florentine, Willie is, and Raven have not met yet. Right. So. Right. It's and and because it's 2013. It's close. Um, but they haven't met yet. Right. It's it's soon. The, the intersections and I think you know this is the other thing for people who have not read Florentine series. Um, we don't. I don't want to do spoilers, but there are connections between Gabriel series mm -hmm. and the Florentine series and and, and, and the Man Oswald. in the Black Suit. Mm -hmm. SR does weave storylines and themes in between in fact, all three I, worlds. I think I saw a tweet this week where he was um, there's going to be some familiar characters mm. in his new book that he's writing. Oh, I missed that. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. I, I expected nothing less. No. I, mean, I was hoping that he Except would, he's uh, got to get his shoulder better. I mean, his pitching arm, you know, Toronto opened up last night. He wasn't able to pitch. <laughs> So. I, know. I know, I know. It's and it's that's such a painful injury. I'm so sorry that he's still recovering from that. Um, 
I'm curious, though, in terms of the people on the podcast, what do you think... Um, what do you think Gabriel should do at this point? You know, you I'm thinking there's not much he can do right now. Um, and, and do you think this is a matter of revenge? Or a warning? Yeah. You know, cause I, Does I, he have any... Um, actually, Floor is just saying... That's my favorite part of SR's books, that they are intertwined. It's mm -hmm. so good. I see Kenzie's just joined us. Good morning, good Kenzie. Good morning, Kenzie Kins. Uh, Betty's saying, I hope, I keep hoping it means Paul, <laughs> but it's probably not him. <laughs> and Kenzie's saying, it's Nicholas and Acacia who are making an appearance. SR said that a while back. Yes. I love it. And that Should makes sense, given the geography. Um, Betty's noting he can't do anything, uh, referring to Gabriel. Um, he still doesn't know who was the intruder or who sent him. Mm -hmm. And he does know what the intruder was looking for. Um, personal security, Anna's saying. I agree. Like, I'm wondering now if he's thinking I need to ramp up security. Um and yes, Kenzie notes the new book is one of the settings in is in Paris, mm -hmm. which would make perfect sense that they would run into uh, Nicholas and Acacia. <laughs> I wonder if she. I want. <laughs> I, I can't even. Anna says Paul would send a bag of cow shit. <laughs> That would be his warning instead of yes, the horse's head or right. the memento mori. That's right. Oh my gosh. Oh Lord. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, as long as his shoulder gets it gets better, he'll be able to type more. We'll hear a little bit more about the story as time goes by. It's so. gonna be great. Mm -hmm. I, and I just enjoy right now the fact that we've been able to. Uh, check in and talk about uh, promise and uh, see how things evolve in this story as well. Um, SR Fox is noting Gabriel's protective streak would definitely um, mean more security. Um, and I'm thinking that right now. I mean, they had this discussion with, you know, Judith, the expert mm -hmm. in um, religious objects. And uh, Professor Vitali, and you know, as academics, they realized the significance of this find, and they mm -hmm. real they were able to piece together really a lot of the backstory. And having that additional information regarding the motivation mm -hmm. uh, behind behind the uh, revenge killing. Um, and just that reinforces the fact that, you know, that coupled with Gabriel's research and understanding that these memento moris are um, specifically supposed to remind one of one's own mortality. Um, I think it really adds to making it um, more more stressful for him. And I, you know, I also, I, I'm thinking, how can you be stressed out when you're in South Beach? I mean, this that's is true. a pretty pretty much of a downer. It's great though, because he got more information. I think so in terms of the, that, I think the call is successful. Um, but, you know, having that news delivered is, is scary. Uh, Flora is saying definitely security is priority now for Gabriel, especially with Claire and Julia. Mm -hmm. And uh, Anna's saying, SR needs to use the talk to text software. We use it at work a lot. Yeah, that AI, um, artificial intelligence, having the speech language pathology really makes a difference. And uh, I'm sh I know many people have suggested that to him. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that would be something helpful for him. And uh, yes, in the first Zoom, SR told us he re-injured his shoulder. Yeah, he told us so. that in the chat too. Yeah, so. I know. It's a tough, 
And I see Ellie joined us this morning as well. Good morning, Good Ellie. Morning, Ellie. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned to him, you know, you, you got to listen to the team doctor before you start your pitch. Pitching again. Because <laughs> you don't want to re-injure that arm. <laughs> so I make, it's I make, easy to do, though. Yes, I, I make light of it with them online. But God, it's not something to be made light of. It hurts. My sister's I, been dealing with a torn rotator cuff and, you know, she can't lift her arm up above her shoulder, so. Yeah, it, it's it's a long it is a longer recovery than you Much. think it should be. Yeah. I mean, just even when I broke my wrist, I was still doing PT, like six months after. Um, mm -hmm. Betty's saying maybe Gabriel could use Paul's cows as security. They might help. <laughs> I'm not oh, yeah. sure. It about might keep his it might one, keep Betty. his grass cut and his garden fertilized, but well, they could he could hide out in the farm in Vermont. I don't that's think true. anyone would think to look for Gabriel um, at Paul's farm. That's no, for sure. definitely not. Uh, Cannot see Ellie. Gabriel milking cows. <laughs> and Ellie, no need to apologize for being tardy. She said she turned off the alarms first day of vacation. Ah, oh, enjoy. <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, there would be a lot more cowbell for Gabriel then, yes, as, as was our fox notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's our fox with those enormous cowbells. <laughs> I mm -hmm. love it. Um, Flora is saying, LOL, Betty, I'm sure Paul would not lend Gabriel a cow or that he would take one. That's true, Flora. Although, Although Betty noted that Claire might like the cow. You know, and speaking musically, uh, percussion-wise, if you can't get a cowbell to play... They used to have these metal cups. Um, my, I know my mother had them. And you take an ice tapper, which, you know, just something you can chop ice with. And you can you can do the timing on that. I've done that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the Isley Brothers song. Time is coming today. Yes, I've done that. My cousin and I played that one time. That's very resourceful. Well, you got a chapter for your book, Pam. Mm -hmm. My my musical background. Oh, backup, Lori. Backup I was singer. also seeing Lori in the chat noted that PT is so important, and I know SR is. Um, he is dutifully doing what he needs to do to uh, repair and recover from his injury, but I know it's not fun. And as our Fox Sons knows, anyone uh, cuddled a cow before or taken a ride on them, it's an experience I can tell. As it turns out, <laughs> when I was in high school, my friend Ann McCoy, her, her father and mother had this weird farm thing. And it, we, I say it was weird only because it was in the middle of a suburb of Wynwood, Pennsylvania. And the house that they lived in uh, was originally the barn, and then it, the barn got smaller because they used to have horses and stuff. It's a whole weird thing. And it, I mean, it's literally, it's in the middle of a suburb, and you would never know. So, and Anne used to have parties, like, you know, keg parties, so that she could collect a couple bucks here and there. So she'd lose a retainer for her tea, she could pay for the retainer, whatever. Anyway. When it was, um, <laughs> when the parties were getting getting good towards the end of the night, <laughs> the cows often were ridden. <laughs> they tipped over at all? No, but you know, cow tipping is a big sport in central Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's, and I just always thought it was a horrible thing. It just sounded so mean. Mm -hmm. I've never I done never that. I've never understood that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. That Rid the cow, that but no. would not be fun. Yeah. Rid um, the cow, but never tipped, tipped a cow. Really? You rode a cow? Well, you know, you're drunk and you climb water. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. Definitely another chapter for your book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was fun, didn't it? That was high school. I think I was like 16 or 17 at the time. When, I, when, when we could get kegs of beer from the Adelizzi twins because their father owned a beer distributor. 
Oh my gosh. Black Lab Lady says you're on a you're really on a roll today, Pam. Book two, chapter three, she said. Um, Ellie said it's always better with a cowbell or a break drum. <laughs> Anna says old time hockey cowbells when a goal was scored. Yes, mm -hmm. they still do that. Anna, I know I'm right near Hershey and Hershey Bears has um, minor league hockey and there are still cowbells I hear uh, sometimes when uh, games are going. Um, who, SR who Fox, the SR Fox said, I was chased through the land here <laughs> where I live while I was drunk in college. Oh my gosh. They'll SR Fox, you may, you may need to write your own book on that one. <laughs> Especially the Bulls will do that. Oh my gosh. And Betty says we need a movie, Revenge, Revenge of the Cows. The cows. <laughs> <laughs> I actually grew up next to a cow pasture, um, but I was always uh, respectful of my bovine neighbors. And, uh, we go from snoring to barking because we hear noises outside. <laughs> well, I think Walter woke up just because Kenzie was on the podcast. That's right, just for Kenzie. He wanted to say hello to you and how are you, and he misses talking to you. I cannot believe Walter, Walter just woke up. Um, well, I think <laughs> on 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 that note, with uh, Walter barking, um, yes, and Lori, Lori had a good a good sentiment here. Isn't it amazing the things we survived from our teens and early twenties? <laughs> <laughs> And Black Lab see. Lady said, we had some crazy high school parties here in Maine, but I don't remember any cow harassment involved. Actually, Black Lab Lady, and I know we're, we're almost to the hour, so I know we'll be wrapping up, but I wanted to ask if you had any experience with this phenomena of moose licking cars. Apparently in Canada this week, in Alberta, there's been... I don't know if it's legislation or some kind of announcement uh, banning, allowing to lick cars. <laughs> Do you know of such craziness? And apparently they're licking the cars because of the salt from the roads. Um, so that is unreal. And it, apparently it's an issue in the west, the western U.S. too, like Montana and Wyoming. Um, just a little aside, and I, I, I told my my office mate I would ask our main connection if she's on the podcast about moose licking cars. If you've never heard of it, that's okay. That's fine. Uh, Kenzie, Kenzie said the rat knows that she was on the podcast. Um, well, he misses you, Kenzie. Yeah, but he's saying he's shouting out, getting a shout out. Kenzie's that's getting right. a shout out from man's best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> Kenzie says, I can't live in peace. And Ellie said her dad had been chased by a bull. She had a, had a being chased by a bull story. That would be frightening. Um, and so Ellie Fox said, is, oh, go ahead. That, uh, the moose, uh, thing is, uh, in Finland too. And, and oh. reindeer. I believe that. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, I will tell my office mate. He was fascinated by this. He saw a story about it, and he was just like, I think it was on um, National Public Radio. I think uh, he heard a segment on it. <laughs> but he's asking if the moose asked for tequila and a piece of lemon to go with the salt. <laughs> and... I think that would be my kind of moose, I'll tell you that. Uh, and Lori, you felt this, You your comment was the same thing I thought. She said, that just cannot be good for the moose. I believe my office mate said the quote from the source of the story said it was like giving moose crack. Um, it, it They wanted more and more salt. And I think what happens is then they would get very aggressive about going to cars to lick the cars. And then that's where problems come you know, when uh, humans interact with nature, sometimes and, and I, when you see one of those not, suckers, not a good situation. You see one of those suckers coming out of the woods, especially the bull moose. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not something we're going to run into at any given time. I know. No. And, and Alana, our Black Lab lady, said no. Can't say that I've ever heard of that here in Maine. But I get the salt issue. Like a horse, they would like the salt. But of course, road salt would not be good for them. I know that's what I was thinking too. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to see if I can pull this I, up I, the only experience I've ever had with moose was driving down from uh, Canada. We were driving through some logging roads in, in Maine and mm -hmm. at night. And uh, it, you know, my, my uncle who was with us at the time, he was like, come on, I want to see a moose. I want to see a moose. And, you know, these roads are dark because it's just woods. Mm -hmm. And there was a logging truck behind us that I guess the brake make making a noise. And um, we happened to look and here comes this bull moose charging out of the woods towards the car. And I'm like, oh shit. Oh my gosh. The thing was freaking huge. It finally turned so it was running like parallel with the car. And all you could see was legs. And we were in a minivan. So they're big. Well, and, and interesting, I mean, there was a story in CNN um, as far back as uh, 2020, uh, Canadian officials warned drivers not to let moose lick their cars. <laughs> I'm including it in the chat box. Um, mm. Just beware. And I find it interesting. It does not surprise me that that would be something similar in various parts of the world. But again, since it's Canada, it's connected to SR in some way. <laughs> so. God bless our Canadian neighbors. Yeah. Lori's noting that you put out salt lick for cows. Mm -hmm. It must be something they need. So. I'm sure um, it is. They do, it, <laughs> they do do it for deer too. Sometimes within, they'll throw salt licks in the woods. Up by where my brother-in-law has, has their, mm. their mountain house, their lake house. Well, I know, I know salt's important for humans, too, so <laughs> since I had to ingest some after I passed out. No, um, really? <laughs> yeah, Brenda was giving me salt packs, so. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. SR Fox noted, a few years back, we hit a moose with our lorry in wintertime. Oh, my goodness, that must have been terrifying. The moose was at the side of the road and was lapping at the snow because of the salt. The lorry was totaled. Um, they are that heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, the moose was checked out and survived. Wow, it's it's stunning to me. Um, but you can see if you link to the stories, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the officials do warn you about it. Oh my gosh! And if you look on the link, <laughs> I just clicked on it. They have si they have the signs that says "Do not let moose lick your car." Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently this is more of a thing in Jasper National Park, which is in Alberta, Western, uh, Western mm -hmm. Canada. So, and you know, Florida has those Betty points out. Florida has the lizards falling from off palm trees when it's cold down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Brenda's laughing at the salt. You remember Brenda. Yeah. And Flora noted that there is nothing like this in Florida. LOL. Never heard of anything, but the iguanas are everywhere, she said. So so I guess Gabriel and Julia won't need to worry about moose licking salt um, back down in South Beach, but uh, they will have to keep an eye out for the iguanas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lori said, my question is, how are you going to stop a moose? I don't Carefully. think you can. I don't let think it, you can. You I think you have to and try and just avoid you. them. <laughs> Or maybe carry salt and then have throw the salt lick out the window, maybe, and distract mm. it. I don't know. Betty's saying, I guess the new song is Pour Some Salt on Me. Rather than <laughs> Pour Some <laughs> Salt <laughs> on Me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I think our last uh, comment on this is Black Lab Lady, who lives in the land of moose. She said, moose are not to be messed with. We have several fatalities a year. In Maine, they are so tall, smaller cars and SUVs drive right under them before they see them at night. Yeah. And the moose are taken off their feet and crushed in the roof of the vehicles. 
they are fun to see, but it's at a risk. So yeah, that was one of the uh, comments uh, when we had our discussion in the office about this, mm -hmm. since my colleague was just cracking up about the idea of moose licking a car. Mm -hmm. um, they said that was one of the things, you know, the moose would be knocked off their legs and then crush you, uh, you know, by falling onto the car. Mm -hmm. So just something to be mindful of if you're in that part Absolutely. of the world. Absolutely. Um, so, Pam. Yes. I it's that time to it send is. us off, but I, I think we will mention that next week, instead, to, we are we are going to be exploring South Beach, South Beach, and Miami. So, Floor, if you have any ideas, send us our way. Um, we are taking a detour since we will be we will be living in South Beach and Miami mm -hmm. for the next seven chapters. Um, we go um, Gabe. Girls Promise uh, Chapter 60 is when they actually return north. Mm -hmm. So we thought it would be fun to do another deep dive into one of the locales that SR likes to explore. Mm -hmm. And so we will have our mm -hmm. South Beach Miami podcast. And maybe we'll have a little Miami vice. <laughs> Where's Don Johnson? Where is he? I want him. Where is um. he? <laughs> Thanks so much so, for joining us yeah. today, everybody. I'm gonna Have and I'm gonna weekend. gonna send you off with you and me with Matthew Barber. Ah, uh, have a great week, everybody. Beautiful. Is it you or me, my love? What are you thinking of? Is it you or me, my love? Like hell and hell.